Hi there, and welcome to another edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is brought to you by Fans for Fans, and where the content is absolutely free. It is another uh, bonus preview show for you tonight, guys. We're going to have a wee look at the Livingston game tomorrow night, uh, which I should mention has a six o'clock kickoff. I think a few people have been caught out with that. So 6pm tomorrow at the Tony Macaroni Stadium. As I've said to you before, guys, it's not just the, the, the pod that we have here at Jersnet. We've got the forums, there's articles, Frankie's got his social media page, obviously. There's a history archive on the website, so get yourself over there if you can. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the pod, we would ask you to subscribe and put the word out in social media. Uh, that would be great. The podcast is live tonight. It's a Tuesday night, the night before the game. However, the pod will be available to download and stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, uh, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places that you get uh, your podcast guys uh, and now the intro's out of the way I can bring my guest in for this evening which is Alex Anderson did you see my lighting go just as I went on air there all I can say Colin you're need Doogie mate no I know Doogie he stepped up to a new level didn't he uh, no, I, I, found, I found that quite intimidating with the, the lighting and the, you know <laughs> even He's got, he's got the, the, the top on. We just beat a Belgian team in an epic and Dougie's there with the, the Bruges, Scott Nisbet top yeah. on. He's just, uh, he's professional, professional. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, it was like Blackpool eliminations, wasn't it? You know, it, was, it was quite impressive. <laughs> he's got, <laughs> he's got the looks to carry it off, you know. <laughs> me, me and David, were, it looked like we were sitting in a darkened room compared to him. Uh, anyway, how's, how's your week been so far? What have you been up to? Uh, not bad, mate, not bad. I was uh, quite enjoying the... The heart being down a few notches, the heart rate being down a few notches over the weekend, the Rangers free weekend, I think I actually quite liked it and after the, the, the tension we've had uh, recently. But uh, one thing I've got to say, every time I come on here, I forget to ask you about your props. I'm saying to my wife tonight, I must ask Colin about his props. And she's like, oh, what I think, of course our antibiotics will take care of that. She's no, his props. <laughs> the props. And I see you, the same ones you had on Sunday. You know. Yeah, well, I've decided that the, until, we, um, you, know, you know that thing John Gregg done with his beard? You yes. Know, you know, just keep growing it until. So, I've been sort of mixing the tops, but now we're in the sort of latter stages, latter stages, latter stages of the the Europa League. I'm keeping it up there until we go. So, uh, it'll stay there. So, hopefully, it'll stay there until May and Gdansk and all that kind of thing. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. And how you cope with lockdown? I mean, it feels like we've turned a wee corner now. We're into March, I think. You know, I mean, there does feel. I don't know. The mood seems to have been lightened a wee bit, and there's you know there's been announcements that you know the restrictions will be getting lifted and all the rest of it. It's much much needed as well, Colin. It's uh, kind of a wee bit of light at the end of the tunnel, and literally first thing in the morning, thinking of later on at night, a bit of light, you know, full stop, yeah, nice yeah. and sunny. And it's it's making a hell of a difference to everybody who's kind of been cooped up for the last year, and uh, I think. There's an easy metaphor in there, but it's starting to feel like a proper spring again, you know, for yeah. the first time in about, about 10 years, you know, so <laughs> I'm quite enjoying it, anyway. How's things through your neck of the woods? Well, yeah, I mean, the dafts are just about to pop up where I am, you know, and I always feel good at this time of year, you know what I mean? So it, it does, it, it definitely helps the mood. When I go for my run at night, I'm noticing wee, wee hints of spring. should point out that myself and John McCallum were, were on the pod a couple of weeks ago there previewing one of the games. And he was talking about the dafts at the bottom of his garden. Well, I can confirm one of them has bloomed. One of them is out. He sent me a photo the other day there. You know what I mean? And I know it's only middle-aged folk like us that are going to appreciate that, Alex. No, you know I, I mean? I, I, all I, the youngins are like, what's he talking about the dafts for? When you switched, when you talked talking about that, I switched off, mate. That was that was <laughs> at the end, the end of my interest. Aye, tell us about the dafts. Dafts. <laughs> it's, it's my favourite time of the year, actually, because you know you've got a good six-month of, of light nights in front of you. Hey, Alex, so, I, I mean, before we, we get on to tomorrow's game, uh, I, I think it would be nice to sort of go over 
an announcement today uh, from Liverpool Football Club in, in terms of Ian St John and, and, and Stephen Gerrard uh, was asked about it at his press conference today. Before, before we go on, the way he was asked, I should say, was I think it was David Tanner. Disgusting, you know what I mean? I mean, there was no, oh, it's been announced that Ian St John has passed away. It was, oh, a Liverpool legend has passed away. Oh, and it's a Scottish footballing legend. Who could it be, Stevie? Who could it be? The sort of way that he teased the question out, I I, I thought was really, really poor. I I was looking out on YouTube and um, I just went down through the comments to make sure it wasn't just me. A few people had pointed it out. I thought it was pretty sick. Uh, to be quite frank, um, Liverpool legend talking about another Liverpool legend, and to break it to him that way, I thought it actually followed on. I, I watched out about the, the League Cup final on Sunday, um, and I think it's, I think it's becoming a thing these days. If commentators can get, if if, if interviewers can get, you know, um, a footballer to cry, you know, they feel yeah, as if they've somehow uh-huh. they've, 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 they've they've achieved their job. You know, like Callum yeah. Davis next week was at the point of tears, but they kept pushing him. Can you think of any family members that you really want to think? Just it was it's pretty disgusting to be honest. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think as we're, we're saying off air uh, with Frankie just before we come on there, the way Stephen Gerrard handled it was was absolute class. Um, but that was that, that was out of order, and I think the Rangers would be having a word with Tanner. You know, I, I, I think the way he, you know. He, the, the, to me, if he, if he wanted to raise the issue, then that's fair enough. But I think he could have identified who it was very early on. When you consider that Stephen Gerrard yes. has worked with Scottish footballing legends, he, he played under Kenny Dalglish. I think if you look at Stephen Gerrard, he's, he's, he actually freezes for a few seconds as if, am I getting told that Kenny Dalglish is away here? You know what I mean? I, I just, it was, I thought it was really, really poor, but I won't dwell on it. What I want, what I do want to dwell on though is, I mean, I, if there's any sort of younger pups watching tonight, they'll probably not get what we're talking about. But, you know, before Soccer AM and all that kind of stuff, in the 80s, you know, Saturday mornings meant Saint and Greavesy. And I mean, it's for people that weren't there, you know, as I said, for younger generations, they probably won't get it or understand it. You know, it was two middle-aged guys. You know, when you look at Soccer AM, it was all fairly younger folk. It was a, a, a sort of more youth-orientated, if you know what I mean. But Saint and Greavesy, two sort of ex-players in their mid-40s, one, you know, who's kind of quite pot-bellied and bald and, you know, he's, he's, he's had personal issues with alcohol and all the rest of it. But it worked. It was, it really was. It was must-see TV back in the day. Oh, it was. I was sitting watching it with my dad. You know, I was kind of in my, my early teens at the time into my, probably hitting my early 20s. And it was just, uh, it was must-watch, must-watch television, yeah. you know. And it's, I think it's, when you look at it from today's perspective, it doesn't seem like a big deal. But you have to you have to be able to remember what it was like back then, and I'm going to go through doing the old route of talking about there was only so many live games on the telly every year, and everything was pretty staid the way it's presented. And the two of them, I think at first it was maybe a bit off script, you know, as I mean, yeah. and then they, they realised that was a winning formula, you know. And as you say, you know, uh, Jimmy Greaves famously uh, had a few problems with the drink and what have you, um, and he sometimes turned up like he. Like he was just out his bed, you know, with the, the cardigan on, the cup of tea and stuff like that. Where his, uh, you know, Saint was looking immaculate as ever. Immaculate, yeah. You know, but uh, I, it was it, it was great television, and I think for me, probably the best television program ever, um, just because of my age and what have you, is probably Gazetta Football Italia. You know, and that followed just I think maybe just after Saint and Greaves he had stopped. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and this is kind of before satellite television had taken over, and it's the days where you only had three or four channels. And, but uh, I don't think Gazetta Football Italia would have been um, not allowed, but it wouldn't have been designed the same way. 
because it was like spoofs and James Richardson was really sarcastic all the time. And I think they were kind of given license to go ahead and do that because of because it's angry. Crazy. Yeah, Ian St. John was a straight man, you know, to a lot to elevate that right dirty laugh because he, he was loving it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the jokes you look back on one of the one of the most PC, but at the time it was just it was it was it was must watch television. And uh, it was it was a really new thing, you know. But I, uh, it's it's really sad. It's like we were talking about Maradona a few months back when he went. It's a it's a bit your kind of your youth is going there yeah, as well, you know. Yeah, going. I, I mean, there's a good piece in Athletic today. Jim Rosenthal, you know, again, it's probably predominantly older folk that will remember him. But he used to be a presenter on ITV, and, and he wrote a really nice piece in Athletic today. About, and he made a good point that I hadn't considered. You know, he said when you consider the amount of former footballers that go into the media now, that's a genuine option. You know. They, they, it was maybe a bit of a trailblazer back then. Footballers either went into coaching or managing or, you know, got a pub or a shop or something. You know, they got their testimonial, took their money and set up a business. So it was maybe a wee bit of a trailblazer. There's another incident with St. John that I want, to, I want to bring up, though, that's, that's quite funny. Uh, I, I, I mean, my first League Cup, my first Cup final was the Skull Cup final in 1987. And, uh, and so I was at the game. I was in the Rangers end. I was, I was behind the goal in the Rangers end. And I... I'd got my mum and dad to record it. Now, I watched that tape a hundred times. First cup final, you know, I watched that tape until it had worn out. And uh, I am pretty sure when Willie Faulkner scores to make it 3-2, that Ian St. John lets out a roar. You know, he, he, like like a proper, he's got up his feet and cheered kind of roar. Uh, and it always kind of pissed me off a wee bit because I quite like Ian St. John. But uh, I mean, I believe he was a mother man. But it was it's quite a funny moment. And if anybody gets the opportunity to look at it on YouTube, I suggest you do. Because you do off 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 sort of mic, you hear him in the background giving a big roar. Uh, it was that's one of my favourite days ever at the football. And on my way up to that game, my, my mate and I were supposed to be on the old Rangers end that day. But we actually met a couple of boys from uh, Northern Ireland. Uh, we were getting the we were getting the train up for Kilwinnon. So that, it was this Trinraer train. And these boys were desperate to get on the terrace and, and they gave us and they swapped us their ticket, they'd main stand tickets. And it was practically director's box. So we sat there, you know, just like the, the whole game unfolded in front of us, absolute epic. But I remember when Willie Faulkner scored, I thought, well, that's it. That's I, I didn't yeah, realise. Yeah, there, there was a bit more time left than I realised. But um, you know, we Robert Flake, I think was equalised, but we equalised and away we went anyway and, and won the game. But I know I'd uh, I think I remember, I would do the same, like we're talking about, there wasn't that many live games that day, so I would have recorded it as well and worn that tape thin. You know, and I think I, I think I remember what you're talking about. I tried to get a chance to watch it and try and see if it was on YouTube uh, before it, I never got a chance. Yeah. But um, I, I think Saint was a, was a proper Motherwell man. You know, I know we yeah. like to see agendas, you know, besides the old firm, think the other, MD doesn't support us, supports the other side, but I think it was a genuine uh, Motherwell man because um, the Motherwell team he grew up with was a bit like what St Johnson are doing just now I think he's, he's said that in one of the interviews when he was a boy he remembers him winning the Scottish Cup and the League Cup yeah that I read today he was, he was at Hamden watching Motherwell lift the Scottish Cup I think it was like 52, 53 or something Aye. like that and he's I think one of the stories one, it might be apocryphal but a story that always sticks with me I, I don't know where I heard it it was a mate if it's not true it's not true but um 65, when he won the FA Cup with Liverpool in 65, which, by the way, at the time, he scored the winner after extra time against Leeds United. And by the way, they'd won the league the season before, but this was, in those days, that was the equivalent of winning the European Cup for English football. Yeah. If you hadn't won the FA Cup, you were nobody uh, down south. And this was, um, it's a day that kind of turned Liverpool around, that pushed them towards being the, the, the club they are now. Um, but apparently in the tunnel, you know, on the way out, Billy Bremner, fellow Scottish international, Saint just walked up to him and just said, 
something along the lines of, you know, becoming a hard man today and just stuck one on him in the tunnel <laughs> before they got on the park. So I think he was a man who just, you know, picked a side and stuck with it, you know, and he knew how to get what he wanted. So uh, if, he wants, if he wants to cheer on Willie Faulkner, that, that's fine, saying that's fine. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think people forget that Liverpool were in the second division when he signed for him, you know I, what I mean? And I think he is quite an integral player in their history. And, uh, and I mean, and, and that's really sad in itself. But for myself, you know, it's, it's, it's a wee bit of my sort of childhood in terms of St. Greasy and stuff like that. So really, really sad news today. So I, I thought it would be nice to, to talk about that before we moved on to tomorrow's game. And before we talk about tomorrow's game, uh, Alex, I'll, I'll, I'll have to highlight that Ranger, Rangers Picks is available as per usual. So if you want the opportunity to win a, a share of a £1,000 prize pool, uh, log on to www.rangerspicks.com. Uh, complete a series of uh, questions, I think it's about 12 or 13 about the game tomorrow night. It, it provides wee hints, as I've said before, guys. So it'll ask you things like, uh, you know, how many corners will Rangers get? How many free kicks? Blah, blah, blah. And it'll, it'll provide wee pointers as to how many we've got in previous games and all that kind of thing. So fill out your questions, send it in, and if you get enough correct, you, you'll win a share of £1,000. The more supporters that play, the more money the club get. So so bear that in mind. Uh, you have to be over 18 to play. I say that every week, play. You have to be over 18 to play. Terms and conditions apply. And please always remember, guys, to play responsibly. Uh, right, Alex, so now my, my contractual obligations are out of the way, as I keep on saying, uh, on to tomorrow night's game. Now, the, the, the last time we met at the, the, the infamously named Tony Macaroni Stadium, it was not on each. And I, I remember at the time, a few grumblings that you know this is us back to how we were previously blah 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 and even some suggestions that you know Stevie G should go it, October we, we beat them 2-0 October at Ibrox Jermaine Defoe with a, that outrageous goal there that day but those were both uh, under Gary Holt who's obviously since moved on and has been replaced by replaced by David Martindale so Gerard today in his press conference he was sort of he, he's sort of saying today you know he expects it to be a bit more open in terms of previous visits here because you know under Gary Holt we used to go there and they just basically you know parked the bus and made it really really difficult for us to play obviously the park comes into the equation as well it's one of those horrible plastic pitches so it's a ground that we've, we've kind of struggled struggled on recently but as I said Gerard thinks it might be a different challenge tomorrow they might be a wee bit more open is is that how you see it? I, I don't know I think I think we're going to probably going to talk about this but um, it's down as supporters it's, Rangers don't like worry about Livingston's mindset they want to just go out and be themselves because these days we're just we're kind of cutting loose in the last few games where they're banging the goals in we're looking like we could we could beat anybody um, I hope we can continue that but I think we're worried as supporters um, how Livingston are going to react to to Sunday you know and I don't know I don't think for a second Stevie G was trying to patronise David Martindale with kind of mind games today saying come out you know come at us you know yeah. Um, and I certainly don't think David Martindale would be stupid enough to do that. Um, but I, I know I know what you're saying. They, they, they didn't really have a lot of ambition uh, under Gary Holt. Remember they were celebrating. Was it David Martindale? Was it, somebody was celebrating on the uh, yeah, Livingston they, they bench? Yeah, they went after nut at the full, full time whistle. Uh, uh, really, it. that really pissed me off that day. I have to be honest. <laughs> I was on that because like, you're spitting feathers anyway. But when I saw him doing that, I was like, oh, just That's raging. That. You know what I mean? So, aye, aye. And it probably was him. I think it was him when you think about it. Because it, it was a proper junior-style roar. It was a yeah. proper in-your-face, in you know. I, I just let it go, didn't it? But I mean, at least, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm really cool about these things. <laughs> not. Yeah, not. But uh, no, I, it was... That was, that was a kind of uh, brutal game, but it's up, it's up to us. 
you know, um, I hope we've been practicing with the gravel on the pitch, on the pitches up at Ockenhowie for the last, you know, couple of days uh, over the free weekend. But I think Livingston are one of these clubs that are a bit like, kind of, they, just, they have this kind of image that they just want to make rent. You know, the, the, the team they've got, now, they just want to, they don't care about you. They all, you almost feel like, kind of, you're a bit snobby or snooty being on the same pitch as them. They're kind of just ready to bring you down to their size, you know, um, which is, I think, is a bit of a, a bit of a misnomer because they've got a lot of guys in there who know what they're doing. Um, a lot, there's a lot of guys about 28, 20, 27, 29 years old. Like said, Jason Holt. I didn't. I thought Jason Holt was older than that. He's about twenty eight. Um, you know, they've got F.A. Ambrose and all these kind of guys uh, that are just they've got something to prove, but they've been places as well where they've learnt stuff. Um, and David Martindale was is no mug. He might come across as a kind of gallus, uh, kind of Glasgow guy, but he's 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 tactically pretty sound, pretty astute. And he got a panel in from a few pundits on Sunday for uh, sticking uh, Marvin Bartley uh, on the left hand side to pick up uh, the man who scored the only goal of the game, <laughs> Sean Rooney. Uh, so I don't know if it's maybe that's kind of undermined. Maybe that's maybe that's a hit team morale or whatever. I don't know, but. I, I would like us to get uh, just get in about them straight away and just try and probe them and see if they're you know on a bit of a downer from Sunday. Been in this situation before when we played Hamilton. Um, I did a preview show with yourself. We played Hamilton at Hamilton uh, last time out. Uh, they just lost a six pointer against Ross County midweek after being one nothing up, and I said that's an absolute disaster for them. There's no way they're going to get over that in the space of a few days. The last team they want to play is Rangers, so I'm going to shut my mouth here because <laughs> um, I, I can see it would be. I think this would actually suit this Livingston team um, to have Rangers coming. They'll, they'll need something um, to, to be feeling. How can you bounce back for a cup final? Well, beating one of the old firm uh, would certainly help, but. They've got such depth as well. You know, they, they changed about eight players when they played when they played Celtic. Uh, between they played Celtic at Parkhead on Saturday, drew with them, then they drew with them again midweek, and they, I think they changed about eight players because they had the semi-final of the League Cup did, against did, Mirren coming up. Did they not beat them? Oh no, they drew with them. I think they said, Mum, aye, sorry. Aye, no, it felt, it felt like, you know, defeats for Celtic anyway, you know, morally, and what have you, but um, aye, no, to, 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 they know what they're doing, they know how to bounce back, and um, I just hope we go out and we play our game because we should be able to to ride over the top of anybody these days. And I mean, that's the thing, you know, when when Martindale first came into the job, I was looking at the form today. I mean, over the last six games, really patchy. But over the last 10 games, you know, they're they're sitting behind Celtic in third place in terms of their form. At one point, they were on a a, a really impressive run. You know what I mean? And you you fancied them going into those games against Celtic. You know what I mean? The way Celtic were playing, you fancied them to get something and, and that's how it turned out. And so the forums dipped a wee bit, a cup final thing, and it just makes me wonder if, you know, what team are you going to get? Are you going to get a team reacting and, and wounded, as you say, and coming out the way maybe Hamilton done? Or are you going to get a team that actually are starting to realise that they've peaked and they've, they've, they've had their wee run and it's, it's starting to come down the way? And it, it makes it, it, it makes you don't really know what to expect, if you know what I mean. Aye, that's it. Um, I've been thinking about it all day, and I'm the same as yourself. I go one way, then I go the other. They had a bad February. They started off in February. Um, they beat Aberdeen 2 nothing up at Pataudry. And they do things like that. Like they, we've only we beat Aberdeen twice at Pataudry, but only by the one goal each time. Livingston got there and beat them 2 nothing. Um, they beat Hibs 3 nothing at Easter Road. We haven't done that, we haven't done that this season. You know. Um, I think it's because with us, we're trying to spread the results. We try to spread the wins evenly across the whole season. Somebody like Livingston can have a bit of a slump and then they come back with a bang like that if somebody underestimates them. 
So we've got to be we've got to be careful. Um, I was thinking exact same as yourself. Was February the rest of February where they started slipping up? They lost to St Johnston uh, in the league. That was their first loss in fifteen. Uh, I think they got hammered at Dundee United. I think at one point they had more players in the park than Dundee United. They got hammered through nothing at Tannadice. And I don't know if that was just about the League Cup final. It was just about they had their mind on that. Once they, once they made the final, that was all they could think about. And now tomorrow night is a case of, right, that didn't happen. We didn't play well. And they didn't play well. I think that they're being accused of thinking more about St Johnston, thinking more about stopping St Johnston on Sunday than about being themselves. And the, the, the bits of it I watched, I watched most of the game. Um, they seemed like they were kind of a bit reticent, a bit more defensive minded than they should have been. You know, they should have went to St Johnson a bit more. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping that's put a bit. Of, I mean, throwing a bit of span on the works, maybe psychologically that's got to them, mood wise that's got to them. But I'm also thinking they get back out there tomorrow night and think, oh, this is our bread and butter. This is what we do. Like we're we're in the cusp of ceiling fifty five. We're going to win fifty five. So we're kind of thinking ahead to an unbeaten run, going through the whole season unbeaten. Yeah. I think Levy are also same kind of thing there. They're going to make top six. They're practically sealed it already. And now they're thinking they could catch Aberdeen. You know, and that's the next target. Like a few games at hand. They could get to within two points of Aberdeen um, if they beat us and <laughs> whoever else they've got to play. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just how that setback in Sunday uh, has affected them. You know, and I'm no offence to them, but I'm hoping it's affected them badly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'd agree with that. Uh, and, and Martindale himself, I mean, I, I don't know how you feel about him, Alex, but I, I find him quite a fascinating character. You know what I mean? I, I know he's had his troubles, you know, he, did, he was in jail for sort of drug dealing. And, and I, I'm not a big fan of the drug dealers, by the way, having had to live next door to a couple. Uh, but, you know, he, he, is, he is, I just find him quite a fascinating person. And, you know, Govan Boy, he was on the books at the club uh, back in the day, didn't make it. I think he's admitted himself that, you know, he didn't apply himself. I think he did, you know, break his leg or something. And uh, he, he signed on at Rangers as a YTS and then went for a game with his mates and broke his leg and, and that sort of knackered his, his, his chances. Uh, but, you know, he's someone that's that's bounced back from real disappointment. Uh, you know, and he, and his and his personal life and a, a real challenging time. You know, and it, it just seems to have come from nowhere. And you know, when Livingston were at that, that that sort of run, you were looking at him and looking at him, thinking, you know, I mean, he, he has got that sort. He has that sort of rough diamond, a bit rough around the edges. But you know, you you have to sort of admire what he's doing there just now. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a match made in heaven, you know, uh, or, or, or made in the jail. I don't know what you want to say, um, <laughs> Livingston and uh, David Martindale, because I think. We remember Livingston when they did win the the, the League Cup and, and they qualified for Europe the previous season back in the early two thousands. You know, just through the through the league position, it was a kind of on the up. It was a great project, and then I think things got pretty real for them pretty quickly. You know, yeah. and they've come back almost a much more kind of gritty. You know, like their park, no pun intended. They've come back much more kind of gritty as a team, as a club. Um, they don't really care about anybody. They don't care about the fact they're not getting a very big support. They don't care about the fact you don't like their pitch. I mean, you, me and you, you know, we, we don't like their pitch. It's just like, you know, they, they, they just don't care what anybody thinks about them. And I kind of I admire that. And I think um, they've been through the mill as a club. And David Martindale's been through the mill as a person, you know. And like Livingston, a lot of that was his own fault, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And there's a, there's a lot for people. To, and he's, but he's owned up to that. You know, yeah, that, I uh, think that's a good thing about it. You know what I mean? It's a difficult, it's a difficult balance to strike talking about the things. I think, I think there was when he was doing his fit and proper person test. There was a kind of I, I felt as if a lot of the stuff about him was almost bordering on kind of romanticising it. You know, bad boy 
gone good and all that. And he was the last guy to romanticise it. You know, it's like, it's just, see, I don't know the exact details of what he's done, but like I say, drugs are involved, they're all fraud, whatever. Um, he's not proud of it in any way, but he's not going to shy away from letting people know um, yeah. what, what, what he's done. But I think sometimes the victims of these things get, get forgotten. You know, about, yeah. um, they're a kind of side story, you know, and there'll be people out there who have suffered as a consequence. But he's done his time. He served, he served a good time in prison. You know, it wasn't a wee uh, short sentence. It wasn't a slap in the wrist. Um, and he's, in a way, if you like, we, we've got a manager who's driven to win a league title and David Martindale seems equally driven to kind of rebuild his life, you know, and, he, and he's, he's doing it through football. But that, see, when they won that game up at Aberdeen, up at Pataudry, I think it was just after he'd passed his, his fit and proper persons thing. And he was saying it was like the greatest night of his life or greatest achievement or whatever. And I don't, it was, they haven't won a game since then. And I don't know if it was a bit kind of the fairy tale has come to fruition. Yeah. We went too early. So, you know, no harm to guy. I hope he does, I hope he does great. You know, I hope he goes on. Because I've got, I've got a lot of respect just for the lower leagues in Scotland, the juniors, the, the organisation of football teams, the tactical mindedness you get at the lower league, especially us having been in it ourselves, um, mm, you know, yeah. on the, the journey back. So I have a lot of time um, for what, what Livingston do and, and what the, the guy himself has done. But uh, as I say, I just, I just hope it, uh, you know, it's no ones that are the next, the next victim. Yeah, the next you know? victims. Yeah, I'd agree with that as well, Alex. Uh, on, on to the squad and, you know, the options available tomorrow. Uh, Gerard informed at the, the, the press of today that Leah Balligan's struggling uh, for tomorrow. I think it's uh, a muscle injury of some sort. Now, <laughs> given that, at this present moment in time, although it's maybe changes we've been on here, I, I, I don't know. You know, there's been no punishment dished out yet to, to Nathan Patterson for his, his sort of COVID uh, crimes, shall we call them. Uh, would, you, would you expect him to just slot in it right back tomorrow night then? It's looking awful like it. It's looking awful like it. I thought that, that last Thursday, I don't know about yourself, I, we all knew it was, it, was, it was something else to watch, but it was one of the most emotional moments, I think, uh, in the last 10 years. Just watching yeah. that boy coming off the bench and it wasn't just it wasn't just uh, where he, he scores the goal when he's like Marco Tardelli after the in the, the 1982 World Cup final one of the most kind of passionate celebrations you've ever seen in your life because we knew what he was going through we knew what that boy had been through I think it was the way Gerard and to be fair some of us were putting him through it you know because a lot of supporters were saying he should be out of the club that's it and I, I couldn't see any other way I couldn't see how the club I think the first when the news broke I was on here with yourself on the pod and this is my first my first thought was for his mental health, uh, or for the mental health of all, all five boys, you know, um, especially the younger ones. I'm just thinking because if you know if it, if we got punished because of their actions, or if it led to some sort of I, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, we, Rangers players were going to have to isolate or whatever. If if it affected our bid for fifty five in any way whatsoever, it's just unfair. The, the flack they would get no just yeah. no just for this season for the rest of their life life yeah you know and I think that's why it made it so extra emotional when Stevie G came out afterwards and he kind of he did that Walter Smith thing while he was being told he's up there with Walter Smith and he was batting it away straight away he's not having any of that I am no Walter Smith I've not won anything well Stephen see because you're saying things like that that's what makes you exactly like Walter Smith and he, it was like when Walter Smith we were saying Kenny Miller the rumours were coming we're signing Kenny Miller yeah. again I don't know was it 2008-2009 cup final where I was singing you can shove your Kenny Miller I was yeah. you know I'll say that now anyway um, but well we'll just I carry on just he knew what was best it's that kind of paternalistic thing almost when you've got a proper Rangers manager who knows what's best for the club and knows what's best for the player Stevie G done the whole thing with the with Jones and Edmondson the kind of harsh you know there's no way back and then he's he's shown his compassionate side cynics will say it's because we needed 
we needed um, a, a right back, but we had him on the bench for a reason, you know, and Zungu, you know. And when he when he told us afterwards about you know him being a nice boy, be a nice family, maybe it's because we're older and uh, I can remember being through you know doing daft things when I was a teenager uh, myself. So I kind of slagged David Martindale. Um, I think it really it really hit home that this was this was a guy from a city that's exactly the same as Glasgow. Stephen Gerrard, a guy from the city that's exactly the same as Glasgow, and he knows what football means and he knows what he could do to that boy, uh, not to, to to be held up as a scapegoat at the club he loves. And uh, I just felt, I felt, I felt really emotional because I thought, yeah, this is, we've got a manager here who's like diplomat, kind of father figure, the, the full works. He's making us a family club again, as well yeah. as a successful club. Um, that's, that's not doing Nathan Patterson playing, um, but I just, I, I felt it was really emotional and I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy for him to be in the team tomorrow night. I mean, I think you're right about Stephen Gerrard and I, and I, I mean, I'm not just talking about it in a football sense here. I mean, in a, in a personal capacity, when you're dealing with, with people at work, you know, leaders and managers and all that kind of thing. In my experience, the best ones, when, when, a, when a big situation happens, they calm it down. Aye. You know, they take they take the heat right out of that situation. They get everyone focused and right, okay, it's not that big a deal, blah, blah, blah. The ones that I don't like so much are the ones that panic and start dishing out blame, saying, oh, you should have done this and you should have done that. And it kind of strikes me that what you're saying is, is true, that, that Gerard just seems to have this natural ability to lead and to manage. And, he, and he, I can't help but feel he's turned the, the whole situation around because I think everyone felt he was done. You know, no, no just Patterson, but all five of them were done. And I, st- I still think Zungu's done. I must admit, I think he goes back to his parent club with a thanks, but no thanks uh, memo. But, you know, in, in terms of Patterson, he, re- he really has taken the heat out of the situation so much that it feels like it's went completely the other way and everybody's behind Patterson now. You know what I mean? When he, from the minute he came on last week and then 16 seconds after that, when he scored the goal, the whole mood around the situation, from a range of supporters' perspective anyway. I know everybody else is crying, you know, mm. uh, conspiracy and all that kind of thing. But from our perspective, he's just turned the whole thing around just by taking the heat out of it, you know, taking a sort of step back and making a, a, a decision based on the facts and what's best for the club. Aye. I think I was even saying uh, over in Antwerp, I'm kind of shouting at the television, I was, I was quite happy. Um, I wouldn't have, you know, the, the comment, the pundits are straight in there, as they have been with Alfredo Morales for a few years, are straight in there with, oh, that's, uh, you know, Tavernier's injured, would you believe it? How's Nathan Parson feeling right now? How's Nathan Parson? And it's like, right, mention it once maybe, but it was just, it was kind of horrible. We're talking about a 19-year-old boy here. Yeah. Um, and I, I was thinking to myself at the time, I actually didn't, I wouldn't have wanted him to come on anyway, because I've, <laughs> the other thing that's the other the other uh, perception that Stephen Gerrard changed last Thursday night was my perception of Nathan Parson as a footballer. Um, I just thought he wasn't ready. He was one of these guys boys that had come through, you know, uh, up in Howie, whatever. He was, you know, you, you've got to have a certain amount of young players coming through. But I'd kind of consistently said that Tav was in one position that we didn't have a proper, you know, I wasn't really confident that the boy was ready. I'd only seen him a few times. Um, we'd only played a few times, um, and I would actually have been happy with Balogun coming on at right back, even if Nathan Patterson had been available. And then on last Thursday night, that gets blown out of the water as well. Um, we, we never heard from Jordan. I know, I know, uh, Balogun picked up an injury, you know, and I love the big guy. I think he's a great player, Balogun. You know, he's he's, he's been played out of position, you know, but um, we didn't hear from Jordan Lukaku for the entire second half. He'd been getting he he set up the 
they've, they've got in the first half for Antwerp. Um, he gave us a real hard time. He gave other clubs a hard time all through that Europa League campaign for them. Um, and he was a memory uh, the minute Nathan Parson outstripped him and scored that goal. So we've got a, we've got a boy back. Well, hopefully we've saved the boy's career. We've saved his mental health. And uh, we've got ourselves a player as well. It's, it's, and I think that was one of the moments you just thought, yeah, what a manager. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm, I think that anyway, to be honest, you know what I mean? We're back, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> my man love for Steven Gerrard, but there isn't a scale that can measure it, to be honest with you. Aye. Uh, uh, Hadji was, was sort of wheeled out today for, for the press conference. He was a player that sort of took on the, the press duties today. And I thought that would provide a good chance to talk about him because I, I kind of feel, you know, at the early stage of the season towards Christmas, it's getting a wee bit of criticism, you know, people questioning, you know, his contribution and, you know, if he was worth the money and all that kind of a thing. Feels that he's, and, and I think he was quietly doing the job anyway because his numbers kind of stacked up. His numbers stacked up more than what it felt you were seeing in terms of his performances, if you know what I mean. But it, it does feel that recently he's starting to really have an impact in games and becoming a, a really, really important player for us. And another one that you feel that if we can develop properly, you know, we can get a, a good bit of money back, you know, if and when the time comes and that he moves on. Aye, I think he's he's got a real depth to his game now. I think it's becoming apparent that he's got a real depth to his game uh, and he's also providing real depth to the squad. There's a kind of real, a real texture about us now. It's like we can take... I know we've lost, we've conceded, like suddenly we're conceding you know, two goals a game in the last three games. We're kind of averaging a concession of two goals a game and nobody cares because we're banging in, you know, yeah. four and five. Yeah. And it's the same with the squad. You know, you're just... We'll always have a scapegoat. It's like kind of rotation thing. The way we scapegoat, there'll be somebody who's no pulling their weight, but there's somebody uh, who's stepping in and, and stepped up and is, is becoming a player again. We've seen it with Aribo. We've seen it with you know Alfie. You know, getting slagged for not scoring enough goals, and then he's even while he's he's laying on plenty of, plenty of goals, um, and now he's scoring the goals. And I think uh, Hadji's a great case in point. Um, he had, I think, him Aribo. And it all come on second half in that game against Motherwell, who were down one nothing at Ibrox in December. And for me, that's always going to be the game when I realised we had everything in place. We had the the mental capacity to cope with everything. You know, yeah. that was the day. I can, that was the day I thought we sealed the title that we were going to win it. But it was the day I knew we could. But this was real. Yeah. You know, we could cope with anything. And he played a massive part in that. I think he came on um, maybe an hour, an hour into the game or something like that and it's one of the goals one of the three goals we then scored in the last 20 minutes after all these three were on um, I think he flicks he, just, he, he flicks the ball up over he scoops it up over some somebody you know just kind of arrogant almost but beautiful and it, it leads to a goal you know there's, a, there's an end product and right we've got the other night where that one of the most beautiful goals I've ever seen Major score in my entire life again in Europe you know that that uh, the third goal where we, where we go 3-1 uh, up against Royal Antwerp yeah. You know, and Hadji, you were talking about it beautifully on Sunday. The boys were talking about it beautifully in, in the, the pod on Sunday about how that we swivel of the hips. He takes two guys out and he plays the ball through. But see the Nathan Parsons goal. Um, it's I think it's uh, Kamara puts the ball, hits the ball straight to to Hadji, and he just it's an even more subtle turn. He just kind of nudges people, he nudges a couple of guys out the way. He just he just creates a channel for the ball to go straight through to Alfie, and everybody remembers a lovely ball Alfie plays into Parsons' feet. But it's wee things like that that we've maybe not picked up on before because a few people have been on his back or whatever. But he's doing things He's doing things that are just pivotal to any team that wants to win big games. 
he played that game as I say against Motherwell at Ibrox he came on as a sub maybe half an hour to go was fantastic and then you get to start against uh, St Johnston uh, the following midweek uh, in Perth and he had a great game and St Johnston were put in the boot and I don't know if that's maybe what might have led to Kamar Roof's you know what he did with, with, with Murray Davidson you know maybe that's in the back of his mind he had to defend himself because Roof started that game as well and St Johnston were quite brutal that night they were putting yeah. the boot in early doors and Hadji loved it and I always like that. I always like to see a player. He was enjoying it. He was getting just angry enough to get into the game, scored against them, you know, and, and just had a, a cracking game. And I think for that moment on, he's just been a proper player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's someone I, I'd certainly think. I mean, I don't think he was doing much wrong, to be honest with you. I, I think people felt he was maybe anonymous in games. <clears throat> but as I said, it, it, was, it was maybe about September, October thing. I looked at his numbers and I thought, Jesus Christ, I mean, he's actually, in terms of assists and goals, he, he is actually chipping in. And, and it didn't feel that, that, you know, the comments that, and people's views of him matched what the numbers were. And I think he's just becoming more involved in games now. Uh, he's, he's sort of grabbing games with the scruff of the neck and, and just standing out a wee bit more. And people are actually starting to understand that we have we have a, a proper player. Uh, final point before we go tonight, Alex. You know, it's as I said earlier on, we're into March. Uh, we've got the opportunity to... To, to secure the title this month, could secure the title by this time on Sunday. You know, what I mean, if, if results go certain ways, is it, is it given that we're still in the Europa League? You know, and we're, and you know, we've got a good winnable tie. I mean, I'm not saying we're, we're going to win it by any stretch of the imagination, but certainly, I, I think it presents a, a better opportunity to get to the quarterfinals and, and Bayer Leverkusen gave us last season. So, is it is it all about trying to get that title over the line as soon as we can, and then that maybe allows us to you know, rest players a wee bit more and use the squad a wee bit more in terms of who we're going to play in the Europa League because I think it was you that gave us that, that you know, that, that the last time Rangers had won the league but we're still in Europe was a long time ago. You know what I mean? So it's it's real it's, it's real uncertain territory we're going into here, you know what I mean? And it could it could benefit us in terms of keeping players fresh if, if, if we go on a sort of prolonged run in the Europa League. I think uh, you've got to be careful with my stats. I would, I would check them out independently. <laughs> Anybody, don't, don't, don't go quoting me to your pals. You'll get slapped down. I'm usually nine times out of ten, I'm completely wrong. But I, I feel, I, I had a quick check and it looks like 1961 is the last time we won the we won the title while we're still in Europe. And basically, European football has only been, in, you know, as we know it just now, only been invented, you know, six years before. So it'll be the only time I've done it. But uh, I am more... Again, I, I keep mentioning the word psychology as if I'm some sort of, you know, kind of psychologist, and I really am. I really am not. But I think it's the emotional weight of winning this title. This is a title like no other that we've wanted for so long. Um, I don't think any of us imagined it would come like this. You know, yeah. I think we always thought it was going to be the last day of the season. You know, we, after you know years of clawing back, you know, Celtic eventually we would, you know, it'd be a last day of the season finish and uh, the Ibrox would be packed and it all be hysterical and it'd be fantastic. And it's just been. It's been like, I don't know, air coming out of a tyre, a slow puncture or something. It's just been a yeah. slow kind of, this is happening. This is actually happening. But I still think, and Stephen Gerrard mentioned it today in his press conference, uh, that it's got to get, he just wants to get it over the line as quickly as possible. And I think that would be, it would let the players concentrate on the Europa League. You know, I'm, I'm, and, the, and, the, and the Scottish Cup. because Well, that's why that, Frankie was saying. You know, that, that looks like it's back on. So I don't know about you, mate. I, do you want the Scottish Cup? To get played this season, Aye, I you want, want the, Euro, I want the Eurovision Song Contest. Mate. I want, I want the fucking lot. I want everything we can win. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want Peter Law and Neil Lennon 
annual trophy cabinet at the end of the season. We've won them all. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> Aye, well, I'm, I'm, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the opposite of you. I'm, I'm the other mental extreme. What's happened to me over the last ten years is I'm just like, I just want fifty-five framed, and I don't want any, any the possibility of anything happening after that that could let anybody give us a wee slagging at the end of the season or anything. I just, and that's a coward's way out. That is just, uh, you're right. You've got to go for it. You've got to want to win everything. Um, and Europe, aye, I would, I would, I, I think that would suit us better. I think. I was all set up for actually finishing unbeaten, finishing the season unbeaten would make that, that would be the kind of Scottish Cup. That would be a kind of yeah. add on, you know, kind of off the books records, almost just like something we could go for to keep ourselves going while we're playing in Europe. Scottish Cup, I'm just thinking injuries, whatever. And do you know, do you know, as I always imagined, um, when we did win the league finally, because of when we grew up, when there's always won the League Cup, we always won the League Cup. And I thought, what will happen is we'll win the League Cup. Then we'll win the league title and then Celtic will beat us in the cup final just to be annoying, just to show that they're still around. You know, <laughs> and that's fine. We'll win the treble the following season. But uh, I think I've I think I was so locked down in that kind of 1988-89 scenario that I'm I'm thinking I don't want the Scottish Cup. Just just give us just let us finish 55 and the rest is Europe and staying unbeaten. But um I I just you're quite right. Just take it on because this is a magical season. And I really I just wouldn't put anything. Uh, beyond this Rangers team but I, lo- I love the idea of us having the league sorted out before plus it's, it's too long a wait the 21st I do want to win it at Parkhead though I do want to officially sell it at Parkhead <laughs> I must admit that'd be I a lovely I, don't, I, I think if you win the next two games they'll, they'll, they'll drop points on Sunday I probably just on purpose to, yeah no, no, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm alluding to you know what I mean uh, but I, we'll see I, I think it's imminent though you know it's looking like it'll be over the next couple of weeks so hopefully that's all good uh, Alex, that's us. We've kind of just run out of time there. So big thanks to you for your contribution there. So that's all for tonight's uh, preview show for the Livingston game of the, the Jersey Night Weekly podcast, the independent Rangers podcast made by fans for fans. Uh, we'll try again to get a show out on Friday night. Who are we playing on Saturday? St Mum. St Mum, St Mum. I should know that, eh? That's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> we're not getting beat anyway, doesn't it? <laughs> we'll, we'll, get a, we'll try and get a show out on Friday for the to preview the St. Mern game. And obviously we'll have the flagship show on Sunday. In the meantime, get yourself onto the Jersnet website and forums on www.jersnet.co.uk. Uh, as I say every week, guys, stay safe. Uh, and until Friday or Sunday, bye for now.